We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. The best part of my job is I get to hang out with my friends and talk about a variety of beautiful subjects. Today is no different. I have Mr. Nori Narioka and Jelani Bauman here to discuss what it means to miss New Orleans whilst conquering the ultimate beast, New York City. I met both of these gentlemen when I lived in New Orleans. They are both amazing musicians with a long list of accomplishments and accolades. Both received a portion of their collegiate education at the Berklee School of Music in Boston, Massachusetts. Nori is from Sapporo, Japan, and Jelani is from New Orleans, Louisiana. You will be hard-pressed to find two individuals who are this dedicated to their art as well as their communities. Please help me welcome Nori and Jelani to the Working Artist Project. You know, this is going to be an interesting conversation because uh, our lives converged in New Orleans, Louisiana, I guess in the, in, in the last, you know, seven to ten years or something. Like yeah, it's well, been a, it's more been than a while. that for me, actually. Mm-hmm. I met you playing with Delphio. Yeah, the big band? The big band. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that because I was nervous. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that? Man, I don't remember what year damn. it was. I think it was at the IAJE. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. the IAJE thing. And uh, I remember that because Adonis played, Adonis Rose played after us with, um, uh, right, right. with yeah. Aaron Parks. Uh-huh. Was it Aaron? No, no, no. Aaron uh, Goldberg. Goldberg. It was Aaron Goldberg. So, yeah, he it was like Adonis Rose, Aaron Goldberg. And John Clayton. Was Shout in the both. audience. Did yeah. you Did you know it? Yeah, I met him like after after we played. After gig, really, yeah. I, I just want to talk about the whole family aspect of New Orleans and how like the community takes care of you. So like I know y'all both had two different musical experiences because in, in your New Orleans you were more into the funk round with like you know yeah. uh, John Gross and well to me it's yeah the reason why I moved to New Orleans was more like funk music like not the jazz I play. I play, you know, I wanted to play like both jazz and uh, the R&B such, you know, funk. But uh, the most recent move to New Orleans was like more like funk music. I had like, I had one Harry Connick Jr. CD that he, he made a one funk CD. It's really? called Yeah, it's called C. C? S-H-E. Oh, S-H-E. Yeah. She. How you say? She. She. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, I, I didn't know who's who was on the uh, who's on the the recording, but I find out after I moved to New Orleans that, mm. that was Russell Batiste, oh. Tony Hall on the bass, all those funk mm. authors. Right. So I I like that the CD that that makes me just you know made me move to New Orleans. Right. And uh, after like a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I already play with all those the oh, music right. who's on the, the record. <laughs> so I was so happy. Right. Then, then at the same same time, you know, I went to Berkeley to learn how to play. You know what? You know the jazz, and around that time, like same age, old, like as uh, Jesse McBride was there, and, you know Jason Malter is the same as same age as me, and all those jazz cats was there. Mm-hmm. And I, I had a chance to play with them, like you know, just funk and the jazz, like same amount of like. Right. The gigs, same like every day. Okay, so I, I was in it's both. You was doing both things. Yeah, I'm gonna come from like me in New Orleans. I'm I'm just open to everything. Like a lot of the musicians who I, I, I truly admire, 
uh, from New Orleans. I, I see, like, I, I always observe how they're well versed in all the different languages. Like somebody mm-hmm. like Nicholas Payton and Donald Harrison and, and Harlan Riley and Adonis Rose. You know, those those guys. You can put them on a funk gig. You can put put them on a straight ahead gig. You put them on a traditional gig, and they're just so well versed. Yeah, that's that's just one of my my big my big goals is to be as you know well versed as possible. Mm-hmm. And, and like you know in a traditional style also since um, that's also just kind of part of my, my, my family's history like my, my uncle is Jamil Sharif who's the, one of the uh, um, now he's one of the trumpet patriarchs of the city um, he's, he's been known for playing he, he recently uh, re- retired from playing at the Maison Bourbon after almost 20 years and he's you know he's somebody who's who, who in the 80s actually was like he had a, a straight ahead group with Harry Connick Jr. and uh Reginald Ville will play sometimes with Walter Baton, who's Nicholas Baton's father, and, mm-hmm. and Victor Goins. And, and he's also really known for his, uh, you know, his work inside of the traditional realm. And my grandfather, Umar Sharif Emory Thompson, was somebody else who was, you know, known for, like, he was known for, like, bringing bebop to New Orleans. Okay. And also, he, he was somebody who was really well-versed in the traditional uh, repertoire of the of the city, so so that was since that was just a part of and innately a part of my roots. Though I, that was something I'm like always trying to get better at. Um, growing up musically in, in New York, that experience wasn't always, uh, you know, as as prevalent as as it, in comparison to New Orleans. So so being in New Orleans opens has this like offered offer me opportunities to you know play with people like Don Vappy and uh, right and Mark Brooks and. Yeah. And, and get to you know hear people like Kevin Lewis and mm-hmm. Mark Road and you know and Wendell Brunius and but also you know there's a lot of the straight the straight ahead music you know is is great there too like I have the opportunity to play with um, you know Ellis Marcellus and right and get invited to sit in with Herlin Rowling and see folks like Nicholas play and then there's also like the funk side you know George Porter you know it's, it's so much music there and I just I just want to be the you know the, the as well versed a musician as possible, um, so yeah, I'm just trying to like dig into it all and just you know surely but slowly you know pro- progress as much as I can you know each day. Yeah, man, like all those people you name, like bringing back crazy memories for me, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like people always ask me about school, you know, like what school did you go to? Yeah, and I always think, well, you know, what do you, I mean? Yeah, I went to school, but like I really went to school in New Orleans. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like. I really went to like the University of Jason Marcellus, Hurlin Riley, Shannon Powell, right. Ellis, Delphio, right. like Jermaine Basil. Right, Are you right. kidding me? Like, come on, man. Like, it's just so many people yeah. and so many different types of music and so many lessons to be learned yeah. from that city. And people tend to pigeonhole New Orleans into like this one thing. It's, it's, right. it's, it's everything. It's, I, I recently saw um, the James Booker documentary on Netflix, and, and there was a guy asking, James Booker, like you know, why do, why don't you ever like leave New Orleans? He's like, why should I? Just like right. all the music is here, right. you know, and it's so true. Yeah, like every and the beautiful the beautiful thing is this, the music, all the different styles of music. I feel like it's so intertwined, like you know, like every like all the different communities know everybody knows each other, everybody's family, right? Like, you know, like in other places, you know, each like the hip hop scene is the hip hop scene, or the, right. you know, the exactly. jazz scene is right. the jazz scene. Right. You know, like people don't know each other, but like everybody, you know, it's no, it's no like totem pole. You know, yeah, everybody, not, everybody's family, and then and yeah. since and also you know everybody plays with each, each other too. Like exactly. you see, 
like you'll see George Porter and Nick Patel together like it ain't nothing. You yeah, know, you know everybody is 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 no is no boundaries. I guess that the size of the New Orleans whole city is like perfect size. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's in LA, it's like wide open. Right, like right. And yeah, the geography everything. has a lot to do with it. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, if you're walking around the New Orleans. It, only one day at night. I mean, you you meet so many musicians, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like pretty much all of the musicians. You meet everybody. Yeah. yeah, and and it's and it's deep, man. It's like, and then the musicians like they don't know your family and stuff, right. you know, right. like, like you know, cats like James Andrews, like they know my they know my uncles <laughs> and my father. My you right. know they're not musicians. Like you go to other places, like it's like that. Like that, that brings another element of like family and love and community when people right. like when musicians so you know like difference. they they knew your family before you were born exactly like, exactly. like mostly musicians like cats like David Korkanowski and yeah you know they they knew my grandfather my uncles whoever like right. you know Jermaine Basil taught my mom piano right. right so it's like all all these different layers that bring that you know goes into the bandstand like mm. it's it's a beautiful the thing. big difference between like big city like New York. And you know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, we all talk, always talk talking about what's the difference. Uh, the, in the New York, like people learn the music from the college schools. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you know, teacher teach you like you know how to play jazz, and you know, learning things from the books and or the, you know these days maybe YouTube and stuff. But in back in the New Orleans, I mean, it's the the, the legacy or the history passing by, like you know, generation right. by generation. You learn. Stuff from uh, your grandfather, mother, and uh, you know that kind of mm-hmm. that's that's that makes big big difference. Yeah, the older music is connected to like generation by generations and yeah. stuff. That's that's makes like music more like you know depths and uh, yeah, it's more know, depth. It's more yeah. real that yeah, way. Real. You know what I'm saying? And I also like I was playing like church every Sunday, oh, Baptist yeah. church. I'm not even you know I'm a Japanese, so like I'm I'm not necessarily really. Buddhist or the, the Christian, it doesn't matter. But I had a chance to play church every Sunday. That that's full foreigner like me makes me understand the mm-hmm. cultures, well, actually the peoples mm-hmm. and all those stuff. Is, it's easy for me. I mean, not not what it wasn't easy, but you know, just you know, yeah, like more makes sense, right? To learn that that made me think of this thing. I was in Switzerland. And like we were in this, we had this brass band. We were going to Switzerland every summer and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, we trying to play second line, but we can't really play it. And you know, Hurley just walked up to me one day. He was there. He was just like, "Look, bro, if you want to learn how to play this music, you got to first get into the culture." And I just remember being like, "What is he talking about, man? Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like what does he yeah. mean?" But uh-huh. you, ha- I had to get deeper right. into the, the entire culture of New Orleans right. in order to to embrace what or try to attempt to do what all cats who from New Orleans grew up listening to and doing their whole life. Right. right. The meaning of the second line. Right. You know, like how they started and why mm-hmm. the music become like that style and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, because it's, it's, it's a spirit, man. Um, it's a spirit that's like, you, it's something you just can't, you know, cop from a record. Right. You really got to, right. you have to be there, being yeah. amongst the people who, you know, who, who embody that spirit. Right. And you have to be open to that spirit too, mm-hmm. you know. I think the name is Basil told me like you know a lot of people come to New Orleans to to get that spirit, but you know not everybody gets it because you have to be open, right? Right. And humble yourself to you know the to what came before you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that, that's a, that's a real beautiful thing about New Orleans. It's like that. Just like you know, 
humbling yourself to, to everybody that came before you who mm-hmm. paved the way for you to be where you are right now. Exactly. Yeah, man. I think the one thing that stands out for me in New Orleans is like how every, I feel like everything in New Orleans is done from a love perspective. You know? mm-hmm. Like even if you fight somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like Nori was telling us today, he knocked a couple guys out, but that's cool. It's all love. <laughs> but it was all love. Yeah. Uh, you know, an older cat chewing you out. You know, right. Yeah. happens so much. <laughs> oh, but man. It's, it's, I always say to myself, you know, like tough love is love too. Yeah, tough love is love too. And I, I think some cats yeah. in New York need to get chewed out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Know? Like, I mean, like I say, I say like you know, the whole community of New Orleans is you know one big family. Right. Like mm-hmm. In New York, in LA, I mean, you fight if you fight with somebody, and you don't need to meet like less of your life. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the New Orleans, you know, you you will meet. I'm gonna see you tomorrow. Like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna <laughs> see you like, tomorrow. Yeah. So like, we need to be as a family member. Like, just just be nice. I mean, right. just grow up together. Whatever the reason is. Like, mm-hmm. you're gonna see somebody tomorrow getting a pole boy at jeans or something. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> like, on the street. Yeah, everywhere. Man, you're gonna see, I'm gonna see you on Walmart. Street, bro. <laughs> like Walmart. Right. Yeah. You. It's I'm like, gonna see you. You're not gonna. You're not, you're not gonna avoid them, right? You're so right. you gotta kind of, you gotta. So gotta I think deal. that's that's big difference too. Like. Mm-hmm. So what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make coming from the New Orleans culture to the New York culture? Hmm. I I guess. I I, never, I guess since I moved there when I was young, the the change I just kind of went. I just kind of adapted seamlessly. But it was. I mean, I guess the difference was like you know. Uh, just commuting, being like a little kid, you know, walking to sc- school by himself in Queens, like you know, not being being somewhere where like family's not really around. Mm-hmm. But I, I just kind of went with it. I just kind of went with it. Um, I know when I moved back there when I was a teenager, I was kind of already abreast to 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 without to the to the change, so it didn't really. It didn't really take me off guard. I, I was I was expecting, it. and I, I would take trips to to New York when I was living in New Orleans too. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it didn't really. I didn't. I guess the changes. I was just. I didn't really think about them as like adapting. Like oh, I got to be like this, right, right, and stuff like that. Because I was. I kind of had like. I, I, that was already a part of my experience. I was young. I was nineteen or 20, 20 years old. Like first time I moved to New Orleans, I was so enjoying. To live in the New Orleans, I learned so much. Yeah, you know, basic. You know, I already already knew that I'm I'm learning from the from the you know beginning of uh, the like like you said the the history of mm-hmm. the music and the stuff. And you know, I'm playing every day for like straight five years or something. I pretty much think that I play with everybody that in mm-hmm. New Orleans. Plus, like you know, I am realized that I'm becoming more Japanese as I taking time to live in America. You know, so I needed to like mix up of my Japanese split and and American music. So like okay. you know, the, to new, to live in the New Orleans, like people are expecting to listen New Orleans music. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Lots of people come to New York. I mean, New Orleans from uh, the old border wall, and expecting to hear New Orleans mu- music. So if I start something different, like something Japanese music, 
you know, for example, in New Orleans, I mean, nobody care about it. I don't know, man. I think you could have did it. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I've done a couple. I, 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 I tried a little bit. Well, no, I'm not saying, like, New Orleans is a bad place to start it. But, well, the New York has more, like, variety to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I, to me, it was, like, next step to trying to do a, something different stuff. Like, I mm-hmm. learned so much important stuff from New Orleans. Then, like, okay, I will bring this you know, New Orleans spirits and, you know, Japanese identity. Right. Just mix up and trying to do something different in New York because New Orleans and New York have a lot, lots of different people from all right. over yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's one that's a, one of the beautiful things about New York, man. It's, it's like everybody's there. Mm-hmm. Like every, so many different, like, you know, people from all around the world. Like, New York is, is the world, like, you know, in, in its own way because it's like every... You meet somebody from every country around this right. planet, and yeah, just have all these. And a lot of times, you know, it's like you meet a lot of different brilliant people, yeah, like you know, different life experiences, who have their thoughts, and and they're bringing their culture, traditions, and it's all mixing up. Where with like New Orleans, it's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a, 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 a set understanding because it's like things like preservation is. Is, 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 um, the, the preservation of that culture is is uh, it's more apparent. And in, the, in, the, in New York, you have you have since you have people moving from all around, and it's like it's kind of like this competitive spirit and stuff. You see, it's like just more open. It's, it's like it's more, it's more of a space for like just uh, of the, this culture diffusion thing mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, yeah. New York is interesting that way. I, I know for me, it was a tough transition coming from. Cause I'm from Mississippi, right? Then I moved to New Orleans, which is like similar cultures, mm-hmm. and then coming to the New York culture, where you know, mm-hmm. like I came in, like I remember first time I came to Smalls, I'm like smiling, everyone like, "Hey guys, Smalls is a great place." Look, yeah, I love Smalls. I play there, you know, once a week when I'm in, once a couple times a month when I'm in town, and now it's cool. But it also could have been like this mental thing I was putting on myself, you know, right? This, this own pressure, but but anyway, it it wasn't culturally New York just isn't as warm as the South. And mm-hmm. you just have to for me that was like the biggest adjustment. Yeah. To just get used to like people not saying hey to each other on yeah, the street. Even my wife thing, says, you know? like, you know, mm-hmm. my wife, you know, my wife and me uh spent time in New Orleans like a couple of years and first time when we moved to New York, the first things uh my wife says, nobody says how. All right. <laughs> I mean I say how but nobody says. In oh, Harlem, though, no, in Harlem, like, yeah, in it, Harlem, yes, it's cool. Like my yeah. neighborhood, like Harlem, it's, it's, Harlem, it's like I feel, yeah, I feel like it's close to yeah. New Orleans culture, yes, yeah, yeah, like in, like like places like Harlem and Bed Stuy, mm-hmm. where like, and it's because that that sense of community, you know, there's there's generations, right? It's that connection, you know, but like in places like you be in Midtown, Manhattan, or something like yeah. that, it's just like I feel like the competitive spirit and, and the perpetual motion of New York. Like keeps people just on this tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and also just you know, uh, it's kind of like this. Also, like it's kind of like this sense of paranoia. People, you know, like from pop culture, seeing like people uh, portraying New York as a place where people get pickpocketed and stuff oh. like that. You know, I feel like that that influences people's minds of like you know, like this is, you know, is this person crazy? Why is he talking to me? You know, right, right. You, you see different people and they're you know different spaces on the train and. And they might be, you know, quote unquote, you know, uh, perceived as being, you know, out of their mind, right? Of course. And like, you know, that that people are just, you know, protecting themselves from that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, mm-hmm. especially on the train, man. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just that, well, like, 
uh, I moved to uh, close to Coney Island, which is like south, like south part of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a little far away from the you know Manhattan or the old downtown areas. So there are there are family, you know, areas, right. houses, and I have a kid. So uh, the first time I moved, like you know, the whole neighborhood has changed. You know, all you know, different family from different countries, mm-hmm. and well, it takes time. But eventually, you know, we we become friends. Right. It just takes time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I mean, time. if you know the people like each other like longer, yeah, then you become friends. But you know, I mean, New York is like the people come in, come out like right. quick, and right. you know, yeah. move move out, move in. So it's just very hard to become friends. Mm-hmm. But you know, it just takes time. And and it's, it'll, it'll be so many people on your block. Right. Yeah. It's so That's dense. True, man. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like in, especially like in Harlem, man. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, man. You know that's a whole another thing. Like yes. it's it's hard to like you 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 would probably live in a place for twenty years and not <laughs> and you know not realize somebody's been there thirty years. That's or something true. Like that. But it's the same thing in mm-hmm. Japan too. It happens. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, same things. I'm from a, the small smaller city than the Tokyo. Tokyo is the biggest city. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we talk about like, Tokyo people are so cool you know right. they, they don't say hi mm-hmm. to a neighborhood I mean it happens same things like you know my neighborhood just you know it's just a small town everybody knows it every, each other so it's the same too like right. you know, everywhere I guess I will say this like once you get acclimated to the scene in New York then you you form your family units like similar to what happens in, in the in New Orleans you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I have a, a family unit in New York just as strong as my family unit from New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? I would yeah. say the demographics and the age range is different. Mm-hmm. You know, like in New Orleans, it was like from the oldest cats to youngest cats and everything in between. But in mm-hmm. New York, it seems to be more my peers. Right, you know, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we form these, like, these supportive groups, I don't, you know, that they come to your gigs, you go to their gigs, we mm-hmm. hang out together, we eat dinner together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a family. Like, we have barbecues, Nori knows you came mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So, you know, it's it's like, it's the same thing, but it takes a little longer. Yeah, six to longer. cultivate. Right, you know what I'm saying. So, Nori, this question's for you. Since you do have a family, like you know, you got a wife and two kids. Uh-huh. Like, what's that like? You know, being a musician in New York. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy, but it's worth it. I mean, compared to New Orleans, it's big difference. I was, yeah, I already have a. Well, I had a kid. My first. Uh, son uh, was born in New York but I, right after that actually the second one like uh, my daughter was born right after my daughter was born I moved moved back to New Orleans so kids knows like to grow up like New Orleans and New York and me and my wife knows and well definitely New Orleans was the easy mm-hmm. easiest I mean easier I mean people call me and people knows me that I came back to New Orleans but the New York man, like to have a family, and of course the rent is like three times as much as right. the New Orleans, right. whatever. And the the room, the apartment. I don't want you to talk about no apartment size. You got right. a two story house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was lucky, but yeah, it's it's a challenge. Like as a musician, to be with the family. I mean, to be father, to you know raising two kids. It's not easy, okay. <laughs> but it's worth it. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, like I'm working for 
me, but you know, more like for the family. That's my right. uh, biggest, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, thing. Well, for all my listeners out there, they they should know that if you got two kids, don't matter. Get to New York because Nori Nari yeah, Nori Narioka. Yeah, he's doing it, so it must yeah, be easy. Not, I'm not the he first one. I'm mean, not I'm the maybe first like, one. <laughs> got it. And he's doing it, man. He's, he's out here in Doha and yeah, traveling the world doing yeah. this thing. Kids at the same. time. If I don't have a kids, I mean, if I don't have a family, then I'll be so lazy. Just, <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, I mean, I never moved to move out from New Orleans. Maybe like I said, in New Orleans yes, and just, just you know, having motivation. like the, having good time. Just you know. Playing music and hanging out at the porch at okay. daytime and stuff. But. So I, I, I know Jelani's got this marketing thing that he does. I, I think, well, it's a philosophy, and it's called universal prosperity. Now, everybody that we know wants to know what universal prosperity <laughs> means. Everybody? Everybody, including Kathleen Murray, Jarek Matthews. I mean, all your homies want to know because they don't know. Man. <laughs> so, like, universal prosperity, I guess it started out. Once I, like, um, after I finished Berkeley and I went to grad school, you know, I'm always, I, I'm, I spend a lot of time, you know, just, you know, thinking and just, you know, figuring out different mechanisms just to help the way I think about life and the journey. And I just kind of realized, you know, like, uh, everything is, is progression. You know, everything, there's no such thing as failure. Um, so if I'm always progressing, you know, I'm always prospering, you mm-hmm. know? and um, so I used to always, you know, I'm I'm really into like having mantras and like speaking things into existence, and, you know, having like a really positive outlook on everything. I don't really think about, uh, I don't think in terms of like good and bad days. I think because in the in the so called so called bad, you know, there's there's a blessing in there that you learn from that helps you grow. So that's right, progression. Right. And that's prosperity, and I used, you know, I used to say pro- progression and prosperity a lot, and then you know, I started realizing that you know there's space out here for everybody, and um, universal prosperity is, is basically saying that you know there's room for everybody and and everything, anything you you know you want to see come into existence, you can. You just you know uh, you have to believe it. You have to you know work towards it. Understand you know. You might have to change your outlook on things. Realize that that your prosperity is not just yours and solely. It's like you know, it's the it's the product of the contributions of so many other people. Like mm-hmm. like we are here to get today. Not it's not just because of us. Right. You right. know, as it's because of our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, all of our ancestors, other people who we don't even know. You know, who sacrifice. Or did whatever you know. It's because of the trees, right? Right. You know the the, the air. It's because of the sun. It's all these things that help help contribute to to why we are here right now. Recording this, you know, looking outside to the, uh, the Persian Gulf. You know, mm-hmm. um, so once I realized that, you know, it's that's just saying that you know this you know this journey is bigger than us, and. It's, it's important just it's important just to not like realize that you know you're pro- you're, you're prospering in, in so many different ways just outside of you know your personal experience like if somebody else like you know 
achieves a, a certain uh, accomplishes a certain endeavor, you're prospering from that because right. you by them doing this shows that whatever shows that it's possible for you to do as you wanted to, or that their prosperity was was based on, like I said, like the contributions of so many other people. And so, with that being said, we're all at some point they'll, they'll, we'll, if we look inside of it, there's a connection, and we're all connected to that. Um, and it, it just from that, I just realized how important it is to always be happy for people. Um, you know, when people are sincere about uh, you know, striving for a, a certain experience that they want to bring into existence. You know, it's important for us can, to to give good energy for that, so we can receive it back and, and receive the blessing back, so we can, uh, you know, hopefully our, our experiences can come into existence. You know, yeah. and and like you know, the, when I'm, when I was talking about like you know, universal thing, you know, the universe is, is so vast and infinite that. You know, a lot of times, you know, we got to be at peace that we'll never truly understand. And some things that we that we strive for, you know, they might take a certain, you know, they, 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 it might, it'll come at its right time. It's, it might not be exact, immediately when we want it. But if we keep, you know, striving to be in tune with, like, the higher powers and being happy for people and trying to be sincere souls, you know, those things will come into existence at the right time. Yeah. Um, that's so kind of deep, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, that's what it's about. You know, like, when you prosper, you know, I'm prospering. Right. Nor is prospering. I'm pro- and when I'm pro- everybody's prospering when we're all connected. And it's, and it's, I think it's really important in this day and age because so much, you know, negativity is, is put out. You know, I, I take, I try to, I strive to, like, you know, share other people's, you know, beautiful experiences with the world because there's so many brilliant people out here. I'm mm-hmm. not going to name so many people doing brilliant things. Right, right. Like, you know, Darian, Nori, you know, cats like, um, you know, Joe Dyson or Jesse McBride, yeah. you know, um, you know, Christian Scott, Nicholas yeah. Payton, you know. Gregory Ajid. Gregory Ajid. You know, it's cat like uh, Samora Pender use. Yeah. So many brand people, and right. and it's a blessing that we know these people, mm-hmm. and we're we know aware of these people. And I want to you know show the world like man, people are doing beautiful things, and like embrace this. You know? mm-hmm. um, and about by you being inspired, you know you you're prospering from that. Right. So you know, okay, it, it starts there. You know, and I I'm, I learned it, it's really helped me on my path. Just you know, just become more humble and and rid. <laughs> Different qualities in myself that I, I, I didn't really like, I didn't, I, I didn't really agree with, and I think s- since I, you know, had changed this mindset, I know a lot of blessings have come through, that I can't really explain, mm-hmm. and I'm just humbled by them, and I'm just trying to stay on the path, and I'm just, it just makes me more at peace with anything that happens. I mean, we right now we're, you know, we're in Doha, Qatar. Like this right. is a place I, I didn't imagine coming here anytime right. soon, right, right. but some kind of way I'm here. Um, I don't know why, and you know I'm at peace with that. <laughs> but I'm here, yeah, so you know I, I, and you know if this is if tomorrow I go homeless and like you know I'm 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 cool. You're good. I'm good because I'm I'm just at peace with you know I'm grateful for the experiences I've had thus far, and I hope what I do inspires people to you know understand that whatever they want to do you know as long as they're being sincere and trying to be in tune. You know, with the with the higher powers, you know, 
it's gonna it's, whatever they want to do can, it's gonna happen so if you in tune you out there listening go to your Facebook page hashtag that universal prosperity you know what I'm saying yeah. tag Jelani Bauman on yeah. that joint mm-hmm. so I know as far as universal prosperity Nori contributed to my universal prosperity because he this summer we went we took a trip to Japan and Nori works hard and put the whole tour together and so for like I, I mention this because some times in music and in arts we're always looking on the outside for somebody to give us work but there comes a time where you need to create the work and right. that's what you did can you kind of explain like how you did that and well like, like I realized that like as I get older because like early my 20s I was in New Orleans in, plus like I'm bass player mm-hmm. you know bass player is you know somebody somebody hire me that's that's the, the basic the gig that I get right. you know I'll, I'll always be uh, on the side man and I was so busy living in New Orleans, being inside a man. And since I moved to New York, I mean, well, the one, like, there are so many great bass players already, mm-hmm. like, thousands of them. Right. You know? So, like, you know, the people, like, have an option to, you know, to find one, find the right one. So I realized that, like, you know, it's, there's no way that I can sit, wait in, in a home and to get cold. Besides that, like I need to just you know create the job. Like mm-hmm. I need to like do something to get the job. Plus, like I wanted to do something like like uh, you know like leading the band or leading the project or something. So the key is just just go outside and trying to see, trying to talk to people. And uh, you know, I I knew I knew that like already because I it's people from overseas like. Spend like thousand dollars and come to uh, the America to see like the, the culture, mm-hmm. the music, the New Orleans music or the New York music. So it happens in Europe, in it happened in Japan, and uh, I already have a couple of experience that uh, people really um, appreciate, like American jazz, American music, or even European music. Uh, Japanese people are so. You know, this is what I'm doing. Like, uh, I go back to Japan a couple times a year and, um, you know, bring um, the great musician from overseas. Like, like somebody that you cannot see in Japan. Right, right. And for that, I don't have no, you know, no company working for me or I have no manager. Uh, I'm the only one that has to create, a, well, money, actually. Right. Enough money to bring uh, the cats from outside. It was it was it wasn't easy first time, but I'm not, I'm I'm doing like a couple times, mm-hmm. so it's getting you know like. Well, there's a formula to it, just like anything else, right? Once you kind of crack the code, right? So it gets a little easier every time. Yeah, little by little, like so. you know, like you know, like uh, to talk to the venue, booking a club is easy. I mean, it's not that that, that, that difficult, you know. Just call club and. Just, see the availability and you know you can book a gig but the, the difficult thing is to bring the people right right to you know drop in the money actually like it's the japan is kind of expensive like you know you cannot do that for like five dollars mm-hmm. you 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 need to charge like 20 or 30 dollars or, or more or more even like 40 dollars wow I and mean, that's that's not the cheap that's like New York prices, you know, if you go yeah. to the Vanguard or something, it's going to cost yeah, you. Yeah, right. You know. So, all these days, like, 
you can do it by yourself because using like social network. Yeah, you know, it's no excuse. We got to get out here, so get up. Right. Well, listen to this, and then book right. you some gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to create it. You know, man. If y'all can name a few things that you're thankful for, what would that be? Well, definitely my father, and mother. That's uh, your mom and your pop. Yeah, that's and my wife. I have to say, well, my, my family. Well, my family. Your family. That's a. Yeah, I mean. Nobody else. I yeah. Yeah, man. Family, like, and everybody's family. We're all family. Everybody, you know. I don't really like to think about use the term friends or best friends. It's like brothers. We all brothers and sisters, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So yeah, I'm thankful for everybody who's, who's who I've come across, and you know, I learned something from, and and helped me out um, thus far. And you know, I'm, th- I'm thankful for all that. Thankful for. It. Thank you for the creator, you know, all, all the stuff that the creator has has has, uh, has bestowed for us, you know, for all that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And Darian Douglas. Ah! Yeah, I'm bro. i y'all, bro. <laughs> huh, bro? Man, so yeah, so this this was a good conversation, man. This was like, you know, New York versus New Orleans, or New Orleans versus New York. Yeah. Gotta but do it, this again, man. Yeah. Well, that, it just happened to have, like, have, like, three people in Doha. Right, yeah, right. Like, in Doha, Qatar. Yeah, Qatar. You know, and, and it's funny because it wasn't necessarily supposed to be this way, but it happened right. this way because there was some other things in the works, but the universe decided that that wasn't going to happen for whatever yeah. reason. And we're here together. But I want to thank y'all for coming in to the Working Artist Project. Thank you. Thank and, you. Yeah, and I'll get at y'all next time, later. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Working Artist Project. But before you go, I just need you to do one more thing. Don't forget to hit the like button and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. You can also reach me at DarianDouglas.com. Just when you get there, just go to the contact page, drop me a line. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know if you like the podcast. I want to know if you want to hear certain topics, whatever it is. Just let me know. Let me know what it is and I'll, I'll do my best to make it happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I forget, also, you can catch me on Facebook. By typing in the Working Artist Project, uh, or you can just type in Darian Douglas. I'm looking forward to connecting with you later.